guys. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. You can create the life that you've always imagined. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. I confess, I never fully grew to completely love myself until very recently, like in these past few years after college. Growing up in school, I was always that chameleon type. Like I'm always blending into whatever friend group I'm in, and I'm always the kind of person to kind of shift my personality based on who I'm talking to. It's just who I was naturally. I I was very soft-spoken. I would never speak up. I'm always the listener. And if I ever said something, I would just like say something really safe. And it was definitely something that I said in my head before I said it out loud. I would be really cautious. And because of that personality, I never felt truly confident in myself. I wasn't even sure that I had a personality. So I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Pitch Perfect. It's hilarious. But in that movie, there's this Asian girl who speaks so softly that no one can hear her. So everyone basically ignores what she says. So that character is like a total exaggeration. But I can say that I identify with that girl. If you stuck me in a group of people, I'd be the soft-spoken one. Like sometimes I'd literally speak so soft because I'm like scared to say anything. And people would be like, what? What'd you say? Or people would just ignore me and go on with the conversation. Have you ever been in that conversation where someone brings up something that you literally mentioned five minutes ago and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, to that other person. And you're like, hello, I just said that earlier. That was me. What I'm saying is I never had the chance to fully let my personality shine. So I never developed that much confidence and love for myself. I always thought other people were so much cooler than me. I looked to other girls and asked, why can't I be as pretty as her, as funny as her, as interesting as her? I'm sure a lot of us can relate to getting sucked into that weird black hole of Instagram envy. You know, where you're just, you know, when you end up stalking another person's Instagram and you're just like, oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous, her life looks so amazing, and for whatever reason, you just can't stop scrolling and clicking through each photo. And after that, you kind of get this Instagram hangover where you see yourself and your life as less, less beautiful, less valuable, less worthy. It sucks. And it probably happens more than it should, which is why I want to talk about self-love. How can we love ourselves better? So I only truly began to accept and love myself when I started this journey of kind of following my dreams and pursuing what my heart wanted. So it didn't happen overnight. And looking back, I can't even pinpoint how the self-love developed. I just know that over time and life experiences and just growing up, I've come to genuinely love myself for everything that I am. Now I'm literally my own biggest fan. Like I I love myself so much and it sounds weird to say that out loud, but I really honestly appreciate everything that I am. And I think it might be because I chose this path of pursuing my dreams. It was a risky journey and because it was risky, I had to believe in myself and put myself first. I had to be my own best friend. I had to support myself all the way because I realized no one else was going to do that for me. No one was going to give me that full support. And I mean, everyone is basically busy living their own lives. So my best sidekick in this journey was 
myself. And after years of journaling and finding my voice and getting to know myself, I've really grown to love this girl that I am. To me, self-love is learning to completely accept and embrace yourself for everything that you are, flaws and all. It's treating yourself with the utmost love and compassion, forgiving yourself when you give up, not being so hard on yourself. A lot of it has to do with your self-talk. What you say to yourself really becomes how you feel about yourself. And when you've come to really genuinely love this person that you are, you'll learn to always put that person first and do what's best for her. So loving yourself really is a key part, a foundation to creating your dream life. You have to learn to love yourself fully and love yourself unconditionally until the end of time. So at this point, you might be thinking, okay, I've heard this before, I get it, but how, how can I love myself better? So like I said, I'm not an expert at this because I can't even pinpoint how it happened for me, but I found someone who is an expert. So today, I'm so excited to bring on my dear friend, spiritual life coach and self-love teacher, Kajal Pandey. So you can find Kajal at kajalpande.com, that's spelled K-A-J-A-L-P-A-N-D-E-Y.com, or on YouTube at Dear Kajal. Hi, Kajal. Hi, Eileen. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. So you're a self-love coach and spiritual life coach as well, but I want to pick your brain on self-love today. So tell me why do you think self-love is so important? Well, if someone were to ask you that question, like you just did, self-love is my greatest power. And I say that because self-love is the conduit for authenticity. It is the means through which we relate to ourselves and give other people the permission to relate to ourselves. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's about building this relationship where you treat yourself the way you want other people to treat you. Oh, right. So you have to love yourself first for others to even love and respect you? Is that what you yes. think? It's, it's if you, like, let's look, take, take, take an example. for. Um, let's say that you want someone to love you for exactly who you are. Um, they want, you want to, they, you want someone to support you. You want someone to have your back. Instead of putting that expectation on someone else, ask yourself, am I doing that for myself? Mm -hmm. Because what you can't give to yourself, you won't be able to receive from another. Mm. And I always like to tell myself and everyone that I work with that it's so important because the relationship you have with yourself is the only constant relationship you'll ever have in your whole entire life. Right. I agree. So self-love is this journey that you go through when you take responsibility that you will love yourself before anyone else can or will. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that leads to something else I wanted to talk about later. But you have to love yourself before, you know, getting into a relationship because otherwise you put so much pressure on that other person to give you all that love. And that's never good. That becomes like clingy, smothering, etc. Yeah. yeah, you're looking for the other person to complete you, mm -hmm. where when you realize that you're complete and whole in yourself, that partner that you do become in a relationship will just complement your wholeness. 
It's two whole people coming together. That's why there will be less insecurities, less arguments, less blame, less fighting. And then it's going to be an honest, open, authentic, real relationship. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say self-love is a conduit for authenticity. Because when you can fully embody love for yourself, you show up authentic in the world. Right. I love that. Two wholes coming together, not two halves making a whole. That's so important. All right. So before we get into that conversation, I want to ask you about your journey. Like what led you to really embrace your self-love? Can you go into your biggest challenges and pain points? So when I was thinking about this, I had a journal about this. So I asked myself, how did all this begin for me? And this all began for me when I started making the connection between what I thought and what I felt. Because when I felt happy, when, sorry, let me say it again. When I, fe- when I thought happy, I felt happy. And when I thought upset, I felt upset. So in my mind, I was like, okay, there has to be this relationship between what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. But who has that power? Who has that power? And I realized I have that power. And I felt like the outside world had that power. The outside world dictated how I was feeling. But when I made the connection between what I was thinking dictated what I was feeling, it allowed me to realize that I have the power to change that. If my feelings come from within me, that means they can only be changed from within me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are empowered. You have all the power to control your thoughts and feelings, right? Right. And so what we think is what we feel. And when you make that connection, like I always like to just say, just take a moment for a second and think of a really happy time in your life. Like maybe think of um, your your relationship with your partner. Just think of it. Instantly, you feel happiness. You feel contentment. You feel this, this, this butterflies in your stomach, right? Do you see how quick the response is between what you think and what you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of us are doing this on such an unconscious habitual programmed way that we feel like, oh, well, I don't have the power to change that. Yes, you do. When you realize that you're always in charge of what you think and what you think determines what you feel, you'll realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually empowered. And this loving myself isn't this, isn't this monstrous mountain I got to climb. It's just understanding, like you said, my self-talk. What am I telling myself over mm-hmm. and over again is the reason I'm experiencing myself in this way over and over again. Right. But it's like that conscious choice to make that decision to change your mindset, which is really hard for some people, right? Because you're conditioned to think a certain way. So how do you shift that mindset? How do you coach people out of that? For me, what I like to call it, so like, let's say a negative thought arises in you and a negative thought is like, you want to do a project or you want to start a YouTube channel or something like that. And you, and the thought comes, I'm unworthy. Like I can't do that. Think of that as an awareness slip. Okay. It's an awareness slip where it's there. Okay. Now I have this thought that I am not worthy. Okay. What am I going to do with this thought? Am I going to try it on? Like I'm trying on a shirt at the store before I buy it, seeing how it makes me feel. Mm. Give, give yourself that space to try that thought on like a shirt that you're buying at the store how is it making you feel? It's not making you feel good, right? So use that negative thought or that thought of unworthiness as a permission slip to say, okay, this I just tried this thought on. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't want to go on this rabbit hole. I'm going to take the shirt off and I'm going to put on a shirt that empowers me, that actually makes me feel good. I love that so much. I never thought of it that way. Th- thoughts are so, they're just like clothes that you can try on and take off. 
Right. You have the control. And when I start, when I started on my journey, what I would do is I looked at my thoughts, like the clothes in my closet. Okay. So I would like, like, you know, you get up every morning, you look at your closet and you're like, what do I want to wear today? So every morning, what I do is I ask myself, who do I want to be today? And then I go into my closet, which is my consciousness, because that's where thoughts are, right? And I say, okay, what thought do I want to wear today? Okay, I want to wear the thought of I'm worthy, I'm amazing, I am so beautiful. And I put those clothes on. And I did this over and over again for the past three, four years. What happened is it became my style, okay? It became (laughs) my style. (laughs) And what that means is that I chose those thoughts to support me to bring out my best self. So you know mm-hmm. how you, over time, you dress your body, you're like, okay, high-waisted jeans don't fit me well, or purple doesn't look good on me. You mold your style, right? By trying it on and then letting it go, trying it on, letting it go. Do that same thing with your thoughts. Just try them on for the day and see how they make you feel. And then realize that I have the power to change this, just like I change my shirt every night when I go to bed and put on my um, nightgown. I love that so much. Honestly, that is like the best metaphor for, I never thought of thoughts as so temporary and so like, like you can play with them. You can decide what you want to wear or not. And you know, I love this metaphor because I'm all about like decluttering and minimalism. Like I've, I've cleaned out my closet and it's like the way you choose what you want to keep is like, if it makes you happy, do you, you keep this piece of clothing if it brings you joy. And if it doesn't bring you joy, then you get rid of it. So right. And your thoughts are the same thing. Yeah, you do amazing. that with your thoughts. It's like the That's more amazing. the more playful you can be with it, the more fun you can have with it, mm-hmm. you'll realize that this is this is supposed to be a very loving, easy process. That's why right. most people are so quick to dismiss this concept of self-love because they think it's it's all about, you know, taking myself to the spa or um, having a nice meal. It's not. It's about understanding and cleaning up your thinking first. Just like you declutter your closet to make room, to feel light, to only choose to keep the things that make you feel good, that empower you when you wear them. Like a pair of high heels can make you feel so empowered, right? right. And you keep those. That's what you do. You keep the thought, like the thought of I'm worthy. That's something that so many women have a problem with. If you keep mm-hmm. the thought, I am worthy, you're taking the first step to self-empowerment which is the first step to loving yourself as you are. I love it. I love it. So beautiful. All right. I'm like letting that sink in right now. It's so good. Okay. So let's talk about your self-love. Like what, do you have any habits or practices that help you remember to love and appreciate yourself? Yes. Mine, my number one thing would be meditation. I began meditating about four years ago now. Mm-hmm. And meditation was, I like to think of meditation as, you know how when you shake a bottle and there's sand in the bottle and you just shake it, shake it, shake mm-hmm. it, the sand goes everywhere and it gets cloudy. And what, what meditation is, meditation is a settling of the sand. So mm-hmm. you can see clearly through the bottle. So what's the sand? Is the sand your thoughts? Your sand is your right. thoughts. So just like, you know, when you go into your closet and you just see you have clothes overflowing you have clothes that are too small on you too big on you that you that 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 will make you feel good meditation is you sitting in that space in that conscious space where all the thoughts occur and becoming the observer not the participant of your thinking because when you give when you start participating in your thinking you give it power and that's when you feel the emotion of your thinking in your body Mm. so i like to i like to think of meditation as you're the mountain and your thoughts are the passing clouds. It's just the weather. But you're so deeply rooted, into, rooted deeply into the earth that you're not affected by the passing weather. You just know it's just it's just passing by. That's it. 
And whatever you place your focus on, you bring into your awareness, right? And what you bring into your awareness, you give it power. Because nothing has power until you give it power. And we give our power to so many things unconsciously. So that's why it's like, if you look at those negative things in your life as awareness slips, to be like, hey, what am I giving my power to right now? And is this making me feel good? And then choosing, okay, this is not making me feel good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this off. and I'm going to put something else on. So whatever you focus on, you give it power. I love that. Right. I remember that. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have trouble starting meditation because it's hard to be the observer. It's hard to detach yourself from those thoughts. Even me, when I meditate, so many times I notice I get lost in thoughts and then I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? I was like lost in my thought for five minutes or something. So how, what kind of advice would you give to people who are struggling with that? When I began, I began with focusing on my breathing. Okay. The only reason you know you're alive is because you're breathing. Mm-hmm. So to place your attention on your breath is so empowering and so beautiful because now you're like, you've just witnessed life mm-hmm. because everything that's living is breathing, even plants. So when you place your attention on your breath, you take deep, deep, like five, 10 minute long inhalations and exhalations. What you're doing is you're placing all your focus and attention on just the movement of the air in and out of your lungs. That's a good starting point for people who are trying to sit down and meditate and just do it for five minutes. Do not give yourself like, I'm going to meditate for an hour today and I'm going to, it's going to go amazing. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Start really, really small. Like it's like, you know, you go to the gym to build your muscles. You have to, you start with five, five pound dumbbell weights, right? You don't go to 15 pounds. You start with what you can. So this is the same thing. Going to the gym to build your muscles, you're going into meditation to build your, um, meditation muscles and you just start with two minutes or five minutes by really getting present and focused in the stillness and I totally talks about this a lot is becoming the presence tapping into your presence there's your mind okay there's the ego that comes into play what's behind all of that okay mm-hmm. that's what you need to do you need to tap into the stillness within and you do that by focusing on your breathing because that allows you to understand that you're alive right now Right. And I love that you brought up Eckhart Tolle because after reading his books, I had this new perspective on meditation because he talks about like entering that gap where you're aware of what's happening, but you're not thinking any thoughts. So sometimes like that was interesting for me to be like, wow, like I could still be aware without thinking anything. So meditation, just to recap, take baby steps and focus on your breathing Mm -hmm. two to five minutes a time. How, How often do you meditate? Do you do it every morning and how long do you do it for? I meditate every morning and every evening. So my morning meditations are all about who I'm going to be that day. I sit down with my eyes closed and I visualize, okay, what does it feel like to feel worthy? What does it feel like to feel loved? What does it feel like to be the creator of my life? I I, I fully put that on because that's how I want to show up in the world. Because when I can empower myself, I give other people the permission to be empowered as well. And then my evening meditations are just for me where I connect to my higher self. I connect to the universe, source, God, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's more about me unraveling all the... Because throughout our day, we pick up impressions, right? We some may, some, Something may have gone wrong. Someone may have told us something. And we kind of impress that upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. And my evening meditation is just time to let go and remind myself of who I really am. And I like to always just tell myself, I'm a deeply loved child of God. And what does that feel like? And I just rest in that awareness. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And I also have to point out the metaphor because in the morning, you're meditating. It's kind of like you're trying on the clothes for the day and you're picking, you're like sitting in front of your closet deciding, what do I want to wear? And at night, it's kind of like you're, you know, showering and just cleaning and just unraveling. I love that. Right. (laughs) Okay. So last thing on the menu right now is what is an actionable piece of advice that our listeners can apply right now to enhance their self-love? What is something that they can do today? Well, I think everyone should create self-love habits. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are the habits that raise your vibration, elevate your energy, help you to tap into this knowing the space where the love within you becomes available and present and you lead your life with that. So some of the things I like to do is go on weekly dates. So I literally schedule in my planner, Kajal, on Friday from 6 to 7 p.m., you're going to go on a date with yourself. It's maybe I'll just (laughs) go to the park or I'll ride my bike, but I go on weekly dates. Um, Mm -hmm. Meditation. Something I like to also do is give myself five compliments while I look in the mirror. Um, Mm. Writing a love letter to yourself. Yes. I did this back in November last year. I wrote a love letter to myself every single day for 30 days. Every day? How long were those letters? (laughs) They were just a page length, sometimes more, Uh one or two pages, nothing more than that. Every single day for 30 days. I cannot tell you, Eileen, how much it radically changed my relationship with myself to the point that people in my life started noticing. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, (laughs) nothing. I'm just writing these love letters before I go to bed every night. And they're like, you're weird. I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, tell me what kind of things would you write in your love letter if you want to share? So the things I wrote is I started, um, I would imagine myself going on walks and I would say, okay, if you're going on a walk with someone that you were inspired by, what kind of conversation would you have? Um, I imagine myself, um, if I was, you know, 80 years old, what would people say at my 80th birthday party? Mm-hmm. I imagine myself what I would tell my 16 year old self. What I actually mm-hmm. did was at the end of this process, I created um, a little like a guidebook called 30 prompts for 30 days of the love letter project, which has 30 prompts. And you just write down what the prompt is. And one of the prompts is like, if I were being authentic to myself, what would that feel like? And you, and you write about that. So you visit different facets of yourself and you realize, oh my God, there's, I have so much to say to myself that I don't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I think that's amazing. Okay. I'm so sorry, but we have to wrap up. I wish we could talk forever, but yeah. So you guys, you can get that 30 prompts on your website, right? Right. It's my website. Okay. So you guys can check out her journaling prompts for self-love at kajalpande.com, K-A-J-A-L-P-A-N-D-E-Y. And find her on YouTube at Dear Kajal. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it so much. Thank you right. so much for having me. Okay. To you listeners out there, you know what to do. Go out there and fall in love with yourself. Write yourself a love letter. Make a pact to just love yourself unconditionally and do whatever you need to do to woo yourself. And don't forget, I love you too. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. My name's Eileen and you just listened to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on lifestyle design for millennials. Bye. Bye.